lovelies, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again, and we have a absolutely fun one in store for all of y'all today to kick off 2024. 2023 was an amazing year of growth for the show, and we're jumping right into the the new year here. Happy New Year to everyone, I guess. I haven't had a chance to really say that yet on the show, but um, as always with January, we do our, our Journo January month uh, where we highlight interviews with fellow LGBTQ members of the wrestling media, and we are starting things off um, hot today with one Alex Lajas, better known as Queen of the Ring to to all of you. Um, very, very excited to have the chance to sit down and chat with Alex about, you know, her career as a creator so far, as well as so many other topics within wrestling media and her own personal journey as well, you know, talking about her, you know, realization of queerness and, and you know, that journey that she's been on for herself at the same time as, you know, crafting such outstanding projects, you know, like Queen of the Ring, like Church of Joshi, working with, you know, people, companies like Complex and The Ringer and and continuing to grow her platforms on YouTube and Twitch as well. You know, it's just really, it's been really awesome to, to see the growth that she has had over the last year specifically, but, you know, plenty of years before that as well. And, you know, we're having the chance to sit down and chat with her is uh, something that I've been looking forward to. And I'm glad that we were able to make it happen here for the first uh, installment of Journal January 2024. Um, before we get to that, though, I just want to touch on a, a couple of things. One, um, we are doing our annual Wrestle Kingdom uh, recap show, I guess, uh, with, with Rachel Giuliani that is going to be coming out, uh, this weekend. Uh, we are going to, we're waiting for New Year's dash. Uh, we're going to watch that before we record and, and we're just going to get the whole kit and caboodle together to, to chat about like we, like we do every year. And it's one of the shows I look forward to every year as well. So, um, be on the lookout for that. Um, probably on, on Saturday, I would say, uh, to come out there, uh, and of course, more installments of Journal of January coming up for the rest of the month. Um, we're also, as uh, you know, after taking December off for um, for the Patreon shows, we are coming back with a new episode of Required Reading uh, coming up this month with with Hollis. By the way, thank you to those that you know shared and and spread and and joined us for our first um, kind of community hangout. I realize the date. Um, <laughs> was not necessarily the best with it being, you know, restful, um, as well as AW World's End that night that, that it happened. Uh, it was kind of a spur of the moment idea that we had just to test something new out. And I think that both of us really enjoyed how it went. And so maybe we'll do more of those in the future. We'll, we'll see with some tweaking where we're not holding it the exact same time that, you know, <laughs> that one of the biggest companies in the world is running their final pay-per-view of the year. Um, <laughs> but regardless, it was a lot of fun, and you know we're trying new things here. 2024 is going to be a year of trying new things, I think, and seeing how we can expand our offerings over at patreon.com slash LGBT ring pod. If you want to join us 
on that journey. You can join the roster of lovelies at the three dollar tier, or you can uh, sign up for bon- our bonus love tier at five dollars, uh, and that will get you the uh, the monthly bonus shows um, as well as you know whatever we figure out as we keep going down the line here on the show. So yeah. With that said, though, let's jump into my conversation with Queen of the Ring, Alex Lajas. What's up, guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to LGBT in the Ring. I'm very pleased to have as my guest this week, kicking off our Journo January month, like we always do here on the podcast, someone who has been absolutely killing it, not just for the past year, but for the past number of years within the wrestling media space. I would say, you know her as Queen of the Ring, you know her from Church of Joshi, you know her from appearances and shows with Complex, The Ringer, The Bump. (laughs) I don't know how many more I can really spew out here before I just let the excitement of being able to chat with you (laughs) for the first time uh, really come into play. Alex Lajas, welcome to LGBT in the Ring. How are you doing today? Hello, 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 hello. I'm doing well. I'm doing very well. Um, Yeah, I'm excited to be on. Happy January. It's a brand new year. Um, And yeah, I've been listening to the podcast following through with the award season that you Mm -hmm. guys were doing, which... uh, it's incredible. And I think I messaged you about it. And I said, like, oh, yeah, it's something to look forward to every single year to like, you know, see or yeah, see new creators and everything. So I've been I've been following for a while and I'm really, really excited to sit down and chat. <laughs> <laughs> likewise, likewise. I, I, I'm, I'm glad that that you did reach out around that stuff, because like being in this space, you know how like isolating it can make you feel sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like that was a any everybody that that reached out around the the QWI, the list, as well as the award stuff like that. I will just take a moment to say thank you again. I think I've said thank you like a thousand fucking times on this show already. But but yeah, no, it was it was really cool to see. And it was cool to see you get a nomination in the QWI awards this time around for um for content creator of the year. Um, I think, I think pretty much, uh, duly deserved in a way, like you've, you've really, um, built yourself even higher on, on the scene over the last year or so, I would say from like, you know, I, I remember, I remember distinctly like the, the, the podcast, not the podcast, the press conference after survivor series, I want to say where like they, they, went to you for your question about Julia and WWE interest and all that good stuff. And like just online, like I think people were just celebrating the fact that like you were on camera and you were like present in that space, like more so that I've seen a lot of like individual people within the wrestling media space get in a way. Um, how does how does that sort of those sort of moments really like land for you now at like five years into this journey for yourself yeah uh it's filled with anxiety uh (laughs) 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 um yeah there's like moments like that I was I mean I was so shocked with the reaction of me being in this press conference it was my first press conference so I guess that was the case but yeah I wasn't really expecting 
to be in the press conference uh that weekend and i've been doing this for yeah five six years now and these things just happen i don't know they just let me inside the room i don't know they gotta (laughs) they don't do any background checks or anything uh but yeah it's it's one of those things where uh especially this year i do have like a pretty difficult time like celebrating my wins and uh just you know not trying to downplay what i've done but also uh yeah i don't know it's just like it's so hard to celebrate it like you said it's a very isolating space in this media world and especially you know when you're doing everything from home and your desk um it's one environment and then when you go to these shows or these like wrestling weekends it's a whole different environment like i'm sure you know when you go to like a huge like weekend at effie's uh weekend and you see so many people that you follow on twitter and they're like there in real life um it's just like taking all that in um but yeah, to be in that press conference was wild. It was my first one. I had the intention of asking about Julia and I didn't think they were going to pick me. I was like, oh, they're just going to, I'm just going to be in this press conference. They're not going to like pick me. And then like the lady went up to me with the mic. First of all, that mic is heavy. I know like, one talks about it. <laughs> <laughs> like a wheeling a milliar or something, whatever Thor's hammer was. But uh <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a surreal moment. And my phone was in my um, I was sitting on my phone and I asked that question. I was like, OK, I asked this question, blah, blah, blah. I gave them the mic and, uh, you know, Triple H is answering the question. And then my phone just starts vibrating. And I'm like, holy fuck, <laughs> did I do something wrong? Because <laughs> Twitter is a lawless land. So I was like, oh, no, someone's trying to drag me and I'm getting canceled or something on twitter for asking a joshi question at a wwe press conference but uh i'm glad that it turned out very well and people were happy about it i mean that was the question that i wanted to go in there and ask and then the second one i asked uh cody about randy orton and that was like let me see if they call on me again and they did i was like whoa i had too much power <laughs> you're discovering exactly what you willed in in that moment yeah and like i say it's hard it's hard for me to like to to be in that space sometimes because i have i just have a lot of anxiety and i just don't uh i i don't know sometimes i just get lost with it and people are like you're a big deal and i'm like no 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 worries it's hard to think i'm a big deal when i'm doing all this for my bedroom you know (laughs) i feel i feel you as someone else who does the majority of their stuff from a a bedroom um (laughs) that has like an office nook in it like i definitely understand (laughs) that whole aspect yes very cleverly framed (laughs) webcam for for listeners um that have not seen my setup anyway um but no like but i i could definitely commiserate with the the anxiety aspect of that like you know especially being in those spaces for the first time and that sort of thing because like this year was really the first time that i've been in like those major wrestling spaces like that like i've covered Mm -hmm. like college basketball in my past and i've done like other stuff like that like sports related but this was this year like going to la for wrestlemania um and 
you know, being in, in there for the press conference at the Wrestle Dream show up here in my neck of the woods, like mm-hmm. those are my first experiences in those spaces too. And yeah, like even with like the like pre-existing work that I've done, like for some reason, like entering those spaces is just like a completely different level of anxiety in a way. And I don't know if it's necessarily mm-hmm. because like, you know, a lot of my work like focuses a lot on more on the independent scene just because, you know, like any good cultural movement, it starts on the underground and rises up. Um, or just like, like you said, like this being in, in an environment where all the people that you know on Twitter are there in person for, and you're meeting them for the first time, like eye to eye, like it can just, it can be fairly overwhelming, you know? And like, I, I feel like that's a, a good point to like bring up the first time that, that, that we met which is it was in LA um and i think i was less anxious because i was like maybe like four like jack and cokes in at at the gay young classic oh at the gay but <laughs> yo gosh i i was see cuz because that night oh jeez that <laughs> night i <laughs> had no intention of going to that. And that's always like the best nights, right? When you don't Mm -hmm. plan on going out, especially with a weekend like that, like WrestleMania weekend. Um, But just in general, when you just do something spontaneous for the night and you know, those are the best nights and it was, but I, I think it was, that was a Friday, right? Yeah. That was a Friday. So like Thursday, I had to wake up so early to be in like in the media room for WWE uh playing like Taurus that day too in LA on Thursday editing those videos making sure it's up and then waking up again early on Friday uh and then (laughs) we go to the TJPW show and I saw like RJ City was in town and I was like oh my gosh like let's meet up so he's the one that told me to go to that show and it was phenomenal but I was very drunk (laughs) i i don't i can't remember the last time i got that drunk honestly Uh, Mm um because it was you know the one night that i could like let loose and hang because in that 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 weekend was my first actual media weekend by myself like as Mm. you know representing just queen of the ring so I felt like I had to be not on my best behavior, but just kind of be a little bit more poised and a little bit more professional, I guess, rather than online. I'm always like, hey, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and just like just a wild, just a wild, crazy, funny, silly little goose. But at that, you know, that weekend, I was like surrounded by like WWE PR and everything like that. So I was like, oh, I got to I got to behave. So that was the one night where I'm like, I'm going to go crazy. And I got so. <laughs> freaking drunk (laughs) but I do I do remember you I remember meeting a lot of people um that night and it was such a fun night but I'm so drunk (laughs) I'm just happy to know that that I was not the only one that was inebriated at that moment because like like the next morning I was just like man I just made I I felt like I made like a fool of myself because I was just like like off my shit like just having no. a blast at the show and just happen to run into you the <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it's good to know we were in the same yeah. moment there no man i was so there were so many drinks i don't even remember what i drank 
and I I don't I don't even remember. Uh, I know I took a shot with somebody. Yeah, especially when it's a shot. Who did I take a shot with? I don't remember who I took a shot with, but I took a shot with somebody, and that's when it goes downhill. (laughs) (laughs) After a shot, it just always goes downhill, and it was definitely a whiskey shot too, because that's that's my preferred drink. So, but yeah, even those like oh, even those nights, it's like meeting so many people, and then. Um, just again, putting the, the name and the face on, you know, to real life onto Twitter. Um, yeah, that was a wild time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's, let's, let's take it back a little bit here in the timeline a bit, because obviously like this year has been really big for you. We can talk a little bit more about that, but I want to kind of talk about the origins of, of Alex here, the origins of queen of the ring a bit, like, because I feel like you don't get into the wrestling media space if you don't have a love for this art form, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I'm very curious to kind of learn, like, where did wrestling really start to to grab you as something that really was a, like, deep-held interest? It was because of my older brothers. Uh, mm. They were in love with wrestling, and they loved, like, Ultimate Warrior and that, like, golden age era of wwe and it was because of them it was like on tv the whole time so there was no way for me to dodge it and i'd already liked the things that my brothers liked like video games and comic books it was like oh, okay wrestling as well and i grew up like a theater kid like i always wanted to do theater I've always been a kid where I get up in the middle of you know the living room and I perform whatever it is and you know the parents are clapping awkward like oh let's you know clap because what the hell was that (laughs) it's just being a kid and hyper and everything but uh uh yeah that's that's how I got into it and so like when I watched wrestling for the first time I was like oh this is just theater this is what this is um with like pretend fighting uh and then you know eventually learn the dynamics of wrestling and all that but it just has always been on in my household and I fell in love with Shawn Michaels obviously and China and as I got older it was always like Lita uh and Molly Holly but it just always stuck around because wrestling and wrestling and like the acting world is very close obviously right because you see like john cena rock batista uh there so it's just always stuck with me i went to theater school missed that era of the summer of punk uh and i didn't get back into it until um sean michaels retired and i was like what's going on and then i tuned in um (laughs) but yeah it stuck it stuck that way ever since um it was just something that I've always loved. And it was something that was always like the pageantry of it admired. Like I was, I admired it so much. Uh, And then it wasn't until I really got back into it around WrestleMania 30 and was watching it like with friends and I was starting to get into, you know, the YouTube videos and I was watching 
uh woke culture which is the one that i was watching a lot and that was what really like got me back into wrestling just watching like here yeah, the top 10 blah 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 uh <laughs> <laughs> and just putting that on as i like making breakfast or doing my makeup and i was watching that and i was like going through the pipeline of like wrestling with regret and i was like where are the girls like where mm. are the women like talking about wrestling and i couldn't really find any at that time and i think there was a few I don't remember their names, unfortunately, but there was like a few that played uh, WWE 2K and that's great. There's, you know, content for that. I don't really, I don't really like WWE 2K. At least I don't like fighting video games. Like I'm a video game player, but like I play Stardew Valley, you know, like I don't play (laughs) WWE 2K. So I had no interest in that. Um, But I don't know. I just like, let me, let me take a whack at it. You know, I haven't at that point in my life, I hadn't done uh, any like video work. It was mostly just, I was going, I was doing UCB stuff and like sketch stuff. So I wasn't really doing a lot of video stuff. It was mostly like theater. And I studied for a year about like making YouTube videos, how to do it, equipment if I needed to do it. And then I saved up, got all of it, which in hindsight, I really didn't need to do it. I could have just like gone do it off of my phone, especially at that time. But I think for me, for me personally, I just would have felt better starting off with like, okay, I feel comfortable having the things that I need. Um, And that was just me personally. I definitely don't recommend it. I definitely recommend just like going for it because I think it, not that it held me back, but it was just, it, I didn't need to spend all that money. (laughs) Basically, (laughs) like some of that that equipment I do not use anymore. And it's like sitting in a closet. uh, And thankfully due to the pandemic stimulus checks, I upgraded, but (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I just I did that because I didn't see a lot of women doing it and I was like maybe I could do this this is fine and I just started off just being silly stuff every week every Friday uh putting out videos um and then the pandemic hit and I was like oh I have a lot of time to do this now uh because I was bartending when I first started out Uh, and then it was like oh yeah I was like oh now I I have all the time in the world to, 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 to create. <laughs> and then that's when um, Brian Zane invited me on to do the SmackDown shows on wrestling with regret. That was a wild full circle uh, to watch him and some of his like old pay-per-view reviews back in the day, like when I was getting into back into wrestling and mm-hmm. entering this wrestling media content creating world. And then for him to ask me to be a part of it was like it freaked me out. It freaked me out. And I was very grateful to have that opportunity. But when the pandemic hit, it was kind of like, well, I think I want to do this on my own. And it was just a feeling of like, I think I just want to like settle into my own name and into my own space. Um, And I did. And look where I am now. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) No, it's interesting you bring up like doing the the smackdown shows with with brian because i think that's where the, the first time that i really came across your work because like i i was watching wrestling with, with regret a lot um back in the day as well and like it just it was just interesting because you know as someone from like a marginalized community 
that is trying mm -hmm. to find themselves uh, a, a bit of a, a niche or a space within this greater space. Like it's, it can be very endearing and empowering to see people from a similar background as you begin to find that for themselves as well. And like you said, like even like as in deep as I was with wrestling, like wrestling media and stuff like that at that point, not necessarily in a participatory role, because I think we kind of started around the same era, same time span. But mm -hmm. um, like you still didn't like like you said before, you didn't see a lot of female voices. You didn't see a lot of queer voices um, mm -hmm. and, and that sort of thing. And so it was very much like you're just winging it until you maybe find one person that you can maybe latch on to a little bit um, and really trying to break new ground, not just for yourself, but you know, anybody else that might be wanting to, to do this as well. Obviously, like we've seen a lot of other great, you know, women creators that have come through um, in that time span since, you know, people like Ella J, people like Kate from, from Fightful, you know, that have been really killing it. Um, what has it been like for you? Like knowing like that struggle that you had to like, kind of find some place that you see yourself at the very beginning of kind of entering this space to see the growth of, of female creators within the wrestling space. I love it. I love that there's so many women now in wrestling. And I feel like we like all share the same experience of just not seeing a lot of people that looked like us, not, not seeing any women sometimes um, in the media space but for me it was definitely that um and I will say like I didn't really discover that I was queer or that was I was bisexual until like maybe a year or two before I like got into Queen of the Ring and um that was even like like starting queen of the ring was like a new chapter in my life so like entering into that domain of understanding who i was a little bit more uh and still am you know searching for my own identity in that but yeah to like see other women in this space now and to see other queer women and to see other like Puerto Rican women as well is so enriching. And again, like it just was, this was not a space that like, there was just not that many of us. And it's just now in like a few years that there are so many more women uh, in that, in those press rooms, right? You have mm -hmm. Ella J, you have Issa, um, there's just, there's so many women, uh, Denise Alcedo, even like there's so yes. many women in that press conference now where I don't think I would have seen that just four years ago, five years ago when I started, you know, and I do know that when like around what, six to 10 years ago, like the wrestling media space was just starting up. And I think that now it has found its footing in terms of like you know there are going to be women again like Denise Salcedo that do all these interviews that do all of these like mega 
mega shows um and then you have people like kate just have being such a great contributor to fightful uh and then you have just regular old content creators like wheezy blonde she's on twitch she's on tiktok she's she's blown up in the last year uh and it's so again it's so refreshing to see so many women in this space but there's so many different content that these women do whether it's interviews whether it's just silly videos online their own podcasts having so many different diverse voices on those podcasts too um and I'm very I'm I consider myself very lucky to be in that realm as well and I look up to some of these women as well because it's just like again I did not have a lot of that when I was starting up. So now to like be in this space and create alongside with these women too, and even being on their shows, them being on my shows and to just bounce ideas off of them. And then just like to watch them and just be inspired by them is makes me cry sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes it does. And then like, sometimes it does make me cry. I remember, um, I rem- I just remember being in some media or seeing some media room. I forget what it was, but there were like so many women in that room and I just started crying because it was just like it's so beautiful, you know? And in a space where even to this day, I don't feel like I'm welcomed in this space sometimes. Like I still get death threats over opinions, <laughs> you know? I, fe- I fucking I, feel you. <laughs> I and like it's it's very like I I don't think I ever really will feel like I a hundred percent belong in this space. And it's really because of the toxic masculinity that's still in this space. Mm-hmm. Um, not just like in the IWC or on screen, like it just exists everywhere in this space. So I'm very appreciative to meet other women and to, um, and to work with other women too. Cause eventually when we do see each other, like wrestle wrestling weekends, I always pull them aside and I'm like, you're doing amazing. You're doing so good. And like, I'm a look aggressive with it, but <laughs> I just want them to know, like pound it into their heads. Like you guys are doing so great. You're lovely. You're amazing. You're beautiful. You're talented. Um, but because like, I think that they're, I would like, I would love to be the person to, you know, be the one to uplift women in that way or uplift these you know, these ladies in that way. And yeah, I don't know. I guess I think they would say the same thing that sometimes it's like hard to just be in this space and exist in this space. Um, but it is nice to have, uh, to have, have them as friends. And sometimes, you know, we'll just talk to each other and like, Hey, just vent to me about whatever's happening in whatever weirdo interaction. <laughs> Cause there's a lot, but <laughs> Uh, yeah, like there, I've seen some shady things happening and it's not directly to me or, um, but I've, I just see it and I'm just, sometimes I got to hold myself back and not just be like, listen, motherfucker. And that's my <laughs> New York, Puerto Rican side, honestly. And I'm just like professional. We're in a media room, professional, professional, but <laughs> yeah, no, I'm very, I, I love you, to see. yeah uh yeah (laughs) god no like i i don't necessarily want to rehash the entire thing but like 
you're speaking to my entire experience at Wrestle Dream, honestly, with a lot of what you're talking a, about. And that's the thing is like it's a scary room to be in because it it is it's a very scary room to be in for me. When I was in that press conference in at Survivor Series, I. I, the thing I was most comfortable about in that room was being on camera because mm. I know how to do that. I I come from that background, right? Theater background. Yeah. I love to be in the spotlight. Um, and so that is, felt like home to me to like hold up that microphone and know that the camera's right there, know my angles of the camera and like looking directly and like playing a part of the show. It's a press conference. It's real, but it's just, I like, I like doing that. I like being in that role. But the thing that terrifies me about that room is what people are saying online, which is why I was terrified my <laughs> phone was vibrating under under my leg. And then knowing like what people are probably going to say in that room, too. And it's not like, you know, who, who cares what they have to say? But I think it's more sometimes in those rooms, like you really want to try to have other people's respect or like other people kind of see you in a way of like, yo, I see you and I see that you're trying hard, like congratulations on being in this room. And sometimes it's hard. And that's why I try to be that, especially for other women in this space, because mm -hmm. they're again, I just feel like that energy just needs to be brought up a little bit more. And I understand, uh, it's the same in the acting world where it is a little bit of a competition trying to get the best question out there. The question that gets the most clicks and the most articles that are written about, and then you get reference and da, 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 and this and that. And it's like, I understand that's the name of the game. Um, but I'm just there cause I love wrestling and I'm just there because I love to create in this space and I love to connect with other people in this space. And yeah, I, those rooms are terrifying, though. <laughs> All that being said, those rooms are scary. <laughs> yes, yes. No, and, and I think, like, having that mindset, like, obviously, like, being in any media space, you're going to have some kind of, like, competitiveness to it, right? Like, I think it's mm -hmm. just as, especially, like, any kind of, like, scoops-based like sort of media space like it's Which just is not me i no, don't same. i don't care y'all exactly. have fun with that like yeah well let us srs deal with with those things um and even that like i i don't know how he does it because you know i mean it's a lot for him to kind of handle that but yeah no that's that's not me i have a lot of respect for people that do that and Oh yeah, do the scoops, but do it like the right way. I definitely mm -hmm. think that Fightful does it the right way, but uh, yeah, I don't. I'm you're never gonna catch me on Twitter being like, according to my sources, <laughs> like no freaking way, no way. My no, no. my source is I don't even know Wikipedia. All right, like I have no. <laughs> No, but like it's 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 always interesting to like speak to people within the space though because like I think the ability to set that competitiveness to the wayside and just feel like you can create avenues to do the things that you want to do mm -hmm. within it that's that's a relatively new 
development i feel like you know outside of just the regular like newsletter or column like sort of structure that we have you know as, as we've seen more and more creators on youtube and twitch like like yourself and and countless others like it feels like there's more of a chance to really decide how you want to interact and, and cover topics within this space really you know, and it's interesting kind of watching like the evolution of your stuff from like, you know, the very early beginnings where it's a lot of like react, like there's some reaction videos. The drunk Q&As are always funny. <laughs> that explains the bartending background. At least yeah, the bartending that makes a lot more sense that. <laughs> now that I know that as a fellow former bartender, um, it makes a lot of sense. But like it, there's also been this like steady evolution of like, of how you want to like craft your content, what you want to do with it. Um, and also like this, I get this sense of like lack of fear for just cutting something short. If it's not, if you don't feel like it's working for you or if there's something new that you want to try, like it doesn't feel like you have that like sunk fat, that, that sunk cost fallacy that some people can get where like, well, I've been doing this for so long. I should, I need, I feel like I need to see something through, even though I have this other idea that I want to try, I'll jump on that later on. Like, it just feels like there's this sense of kind of ease of evolution that, that you've had over the years. I mean, I don't want to get bored of what I'm doing, you know, like I want to enjoy what I'm making, but I have a lot of fear still of creating. Like I have I anxiety and depression. That's what's fueling this soul. So like I'm always terrified of everything, but um yeah, I did I did do a lot of reaction videos. The drunk Q&As were like, all right, if I need to that one was very much like if I want to be serious with this content creating, maybe let's not do that. <laughs> maybe that's not there's nothing wrong with it uh i definitely think there could be a market for it like in the future uh but no yeah i was just like i don't want to do that like i don't want to be known as the drunk girl i think yeah what, where i was like getting into it um but yeah for a while though i felt i mean i even still like i felt a little lost with youtube because um I did, I did a lot during the pandemic and I had a lot of fun with what I was doing in the pandemic. I also think that had a lot to do with just being delusional and stuck inside <laughs> for the most part. It's doing like wrestling ASMR. It was doing like a top five Shawn Michaels gear. And that's something that I, that's something I would like to bring back as a series of doing like best gear of all time with so many different um wrestlers and even from the past too which i'm i am working on because i would love to do it again but oh yeah there's a lot of fun conversations that could kick that can be had about gear yeah for sure and like i would love to do that but i guess in that in that time i just didn't know how and sometimes i'll like put out a video and it do well and i'm just like okay see you later <laughs> like i just don't really think about it like i don't and that's you know, there's not a handbook in content creating. So I, I, I will wholeheartedly say, even right now, I don't know what I'm doing, uh, <laughs> but I'm having fun with it. And that's really just like the goal. It's just to have fun. Sometimes I have, uh, 
ideas that are way too far-fetched and I do not have the budget for. Um, but then sometimes I get picked up from WWE and Complex and I get to do what I want within their budget. <laughs> <laughs> it's and always nice always to spend other best. people's money. <laughs> it's my favorite thing in the world. I yes. love it so much. Uh, <laughs> but even now, like I, I left, I my contract was up with Complex and then it was like, it was weird because it was like pandemic happened, worked with WWE, uh, started Twitch. And so I moved on to Twitch and that was very scary to move on from YouTube to Twitch. Uh, and I definitely found a community and I found my footing there. But even then it was just like, okay, I'm doing Twitch now, but I'm not doing enough on YouTube. And then WWE like hit me up and I was like, well, I guess I'm going to be doing some of this now. Um, and then I got picked up with Complex and I was doing that for a while. And then after that, it after that was over, it was like, oh, okay, I'm out on my own. And I didn't really know what to do. And so, like, that's why I tried out with uh, the media at WrestleMania. I was like, let me just see. That was really a test. That was like gambling. Uh, mm. That was a test of, like, could I actually do this on my own? And I think that this year... This year felt like a little bit of a pause for me, but it was necessary. A lot of things were happening in my personal life. And I started therapy this year and just discovering a lot about myself and my mental health. And yeah, doing WrestleMania was like a gamble. That was very like, I don't think I'm going to get this. Let me just see. Let me like slip in the email. And then it was like approved. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> and then that's, I was like, all right, we got to go. Um, but that's kind of what I, that's kind of how I roll. Like, I'm just, I'm very spontaneous. I'm very all over the place. I'm not very consistent, but I'm consistent where it counts, I guess. I, I show up when I can, um, but for the most part, this whole entire year has just been like taking care of my mental health. And I mm. have to put that first as a content creator, because sometimes, you know, I'll, make a video one like on a Tuesday and I'm like, I have to put it out on Thursday, but it's like an ambitious video and I'm just trying to like crunch time on Wednesday and then I don't get it out on Thursday and then I spiral and then it's out on Friday and this and that. And it's like, I don't need to do that. Like there's, there's no need to do that. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people try to fight against the algorithm or trying to fight with the algorithm of just like, I need to be seen. I need to be this. Da, da, da. And it's like, my audience is always going to be there. You know, my audience is always going to be there. I'm lucky enough where there's a lot of other content curator friends that invite me onto their podcasts. Um, but I've built a pretty good platform for myself within the last six years. So and six years is wild. Saying that out loud is like, I'm almost at 10. What the hell? But, <laughs> but it's like, I, I've taken breaks and my audience is there. And yes, sometimes maybe there's some people that are like, oh, she's inconsistent. I can't really like follow her. And it's like, that. that's fine. That's totally okay. But I am going to put my mental health first and I am going to take care of myself at the end of the day. And I'm not going to break my back for, um, a video that can get like 10,000 views. I know that a lot of people can do it. And I know that it's a lot of people's like bread and butter and the same goes for me, but at the same time, like I need to take care of myself first. And I have 
seen and experienced a lot of people in my life that have not put themselves in the position of taking care of themselves. And I have learned from that just from viewing others. And I just need to do the same for, for me. And um, I'm very proud of the content that I've created, but at the same, and that I will create and I continue to create. And at the same time, uh, you know, I sometimes bad bitches need a week off, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. Trust me. <laughs> no, but it, it's an, it's an app point that you bring up though, to be able to make sure that you can like step back and like recognize whenever you do need to, that time away from what, whatever you're doing and recognize that whenever, you know, practices are not benefiting you in that way i feel like if you speak to anybody in this space they they have like at least one moment that they can like talk to you about where they had that sort of realization or they had like that that moment where they just pushed too far and just felt like some form of brokenness at the end of it and and it's i think it's a it's a skill that you have to develop to be able to recognize your own personal needs and to be able to put those things above like this idea of commitment to content in a way. Right. Because mm -hmm. I, and I don't know if like, is, if this is the same for you, but I know for me, sometimes I can fall into that trap of self-definition through your work. Mm -hmm. Right. You, you just, you align so much with what you do that it kind of is you in a way when in reality no it's not it's just some shit that comes out of your mouth or onto a page that you write or something like that or something that you record and you put out into the world and yes you want people to engage with it but at the end of the day you on youtube is not alex and sometimes mm -hmm. like you have to take those steps to better treat alex so that you are able to continue to, to do this sort of thing yeah, it's preventing burnout at the end of the day is really mm -hmm. what it is. Um, but yeah, I I will definitely say like me on Twitch or me on YouTube is not who me is. Some of it is, I will say, because I really oh, there's always an element. Just, like, yeah, yeah, there's always like an element of like you have to be yourself, but at like an 11. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so. Yeah, I'm definitely like I, I think at this point i know the balance of who i am on youtube and who i am in life um but it is also aligning yourself with you know i'm committing myself to this content this is what i do this is what i love to do but i also need to continue loving what i do and not burning myself out and if i take care of myself then i'll create better content you know i'll create like more quality content um but it's funny because people <laughs> i do have a lot of people that are like queen queen and they have no idea who what my name is and i love <laughs> it so much. i love i love the gears like again meeting people like off of twitter and everything i love like seeing the gears turn behind their eyes of like queen of the ring what's your name again it's like my name's alex hi how are you <laughs> that's my favorite part 
I mean, it's always nice to have another another way of people recognizing you that isn't just full on your government name, in a way, right? <laughs> like, yeah, no, I don't yeah. need anybody to know my government name, but yeah, exactly. I love it. It's like Queenie, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> well, people like yell it across the room, and I'm like, huh? Oh, me? Hey, what's up? <laughs> sometimes people will call me alex like at a show and sometimes like i'm expecting queen and mm -hmm. people will call me alex and i'm like oh hey all right this is trippy i don't know who i am <laughs> i mean it's already a, kind of an odd experience in a way like being recognized publicly i would imagine and then having that added it, on it is nuts i am not i'm never it's crazy <laughs> it's 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 wild uh to have people come up to me and say like alex i love you i love you uh, quizzlemania and everything and wrestling with regret and i love it i am very appreciative of people even knowing my name and recognizing my face and coming up to me and taking photos with me and stuff there was one time i was at a comic book shop in new york and this girl I think she looked like she was a teenager but this girl like recognized me and I was like what <laughs> I'm not even at a wrestling show like it's yeah I'm not saying like I can't even step outside and I can't even go to grocery store I'm not like that but when I do go to wrestling shows uh it is really cool to have people like give me a fist bump and be like I love what you do continue what you're doing like that's mostly what I hear a lot is like, I love what you're doing. Like continue what you're doing. And especially going to a show where like Joshi talent is there and to meet other Joshi fans. And they're like, you got me into Joshi. Like you got me into stardom. And I'm like, that's nuts. And then I think back to, you know, those YouTube channels, like what culture and wrestling with regret that got me back into wrestling. So to know that I'm that source for some people of like, oh, you got me into stardom. And I love to take the time of like, who are you loving in stardom right now? Like, are you excited for dream queendom and all that, you know? So I love that. And I love connecting with people and I love to just, just have a conversation with them, you know, like talking about wrestling offline is so much better than talking about wrestling. online. Oh my God. Yes, it is. <laughs> Social media is not built for these kinds of conversations. Jesus no, fucking Christ. Not at all. Especially no. Twitter. <laughs> oh God. No. Twitter's not really built for anything anymore. Honestly. It's, yeah, it's a dead engine is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in to LGBT in the Ring. We're just going to take a quick break here to let you know uh, ways that you can support the show. And say thank you to some very rad people that help make this show uh, as amazing as it is. Um, first off, if you would like to support the show, we are on Patreon now, patreon.com slash LGBT ring pod, multiple tiers there for everyone that feels so moved to support this show. We've got numerous, uh, patron benefits over there, uh, including bonus shows that are going to be coming out on a monthly, uh, round table of those sort of things. So, uh, definitely go over and check us out uh, again, patreon.com slash LGBT ring pod. Every single dollar that is, uh, pledged there to support the show is very, very humbling. And we thank you. 
We also have a, a merch store over on Brainbuster Tees. Go to brainbustertees.com and search LGBT in the ring. Uh, you got t-shirts, tank tops, all kinds of good stuff. And, you know, always looking at some new things as well. But uh, definitely check us out on Brainbuster Tees there as well. You can follow the show on social media as well. We're everywhere um, that we have accounts. We're at LGBT RingPod. That's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, co-host, <laughs> Mastodon, whatever. We're there. Uh, so follow the show there. You can follow me at WonderboyOTM on uh, Twitter and Instagram as well. We also want to give a huge thank you to Sarah and the Safe Word for the show's theme. Formula 666 from the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, or you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp. Another great way to support the show uh, is over at independentwrestling.tv. Check out IWTV for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. You can use our code LGBT ring pod or visit uh, the URL tinyurl.com slash IWTV LGBT. And uh, whenever you, uh, as long as you use that code to open your account and keep that active, we get a kickback from IWTV. So your subscription to watch all the great wrestling that we talk about on this show uh, goes to support the show as well. Thumbs up there. Of course, if you want to read more of my pro wrestling writing, you can check out outsports.com. And if you are into video games, I also co-host a video game news uh, Twitch stream every Monday at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. It's called the Mr. Video Game Super Show. Um, I co-host that with uh, two dear friends and Twitch streamers, uh, Slacker Kite and Lady Merwin. Um, just run through the, the week's gaming news or we throw on a game and play and just have fun and be dumb. It's it's great. But uh, you can check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific over at twitch.tv slash Entertainment. Sun like the star. With that said, let's get back to the show. But it's it's kind of apt that you bring up like you know people coming up to you and like talking about like Joshi and stuff like that because I feel like Church of Joshi um, has like that's been a really like at least from like my perspective a very like a really important project for a lot of people that you know have that gap of not necessarily knowing a lot about the Joshi product over in Japan but also the history of Joshi in a way. You know, even for myself at times, I will admit, like, up until probably, like, last year, like, I had a pretty sizable gap there between, like, you know, I know, like, I knew of, I knew of, like, Bull Nakano and Aja Kong, like, the heavy hitters, Akira Hokuto, that sort of thing, like, the, you know, Crush Gals and that sort of stuff, but I, I had not really delved that far into stardom, I had not really delved that far into Tokyo Joshi Pro, and, you know, I think, watching some of some of the the content that y'all were putting out with church of joshi like really helped like invigorate me to look more into the spaces that and also max the impaler just going over and absolutely dominating tokyo joshi pro this year crushing it they crushed it oh my god that one video of them going through the offices oh my god yes like raid (laughs) they raid the refrigerator is so good (laughs) 
they they just understand the appeal of Max in all of its forms. I, I absolutely and they, adore it. And they understand how terrifying they are. And that's the best. It's yes. like, you're scaring the fuck out of me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, with Church of Joshi, like, when did you start really kind of feeling like the the impact of like the influence that that show had in terms of like bringing people to this this particular portion of of the pro wrestling scene well we started that during the pandemic we started that june 2020 um and that was you know that was a pandemic project and obviously we were all indoors so we didn't really know uh what we were doing like we came out with we did our kana merch uh that lauren moran collaborated with us on and we're all best friends so it was super easy to work <laughs> work <Yeah>. together <laughs> um but yeah we started that because it was you know pandemic we were all watching like wrestling together and it was one night i had discovered uh manami toyota versus akira hokuto and i showed kayla i was like kayla you gotta watch this we watched it together and she was already doing her Twitch streams and uh, she was like, hey, let's do a show together. Let's call it. At first it was called Joshi Sundays. And then we were like Sundays, there's church. I went to Catholic school. So like I know too much about it and I don't That's a different conversation, but yeah. <laughs> I know too much about like the, you know, making it, but like, that's where I learned how to, where I got into like the church themes of it, you know, like sitting at the pews and like Joshi Bless and all that. Um, so that really just started off as us being interested in this new art form that was exposed to us. And for me personally, I don't think I actually acknowledged the impact of it until All In or All In, All Out, All Out Weekend 2021 was what it was because uh, we went there and it was it was when we were at I want to say it was when we were at the Black Label Pro show and Weekend at Effie's uh, or Effie's Big Gay Brunch sorry Effie's Big Gay Brunch where um, I really like felt the impact like we saw people with a Lulu pencil shirts and we had stickers and pins uh, that we were like selling and it was on us so we would like tweet out like hey if you want one there were so many people that bought stickers from us and pins and that's that was the moment where I was like oh we are doing something you know and it was it was a source of us to learn and it was a source for us to you know discover our new favorite wrestlers and I definitely did within that but it wasn't until that weekend where I like fully understood what we were doing. Um, and even Brainbuster, who now, you know, he works at AW now, but he came up to us and I had already like I followed him and I admired his stuff, but he was like, Oh, you're you're Church of Joshi, right? And I like talked to him again, not putting like face to the name on Twitter <laughs> or anything. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, uh, like, what's your name? And he was like, oh, I'm Michael. I'm Brain Buster. And I was like, what? It wasn't until <laughs> that moment. It really honestly wasn't until that moment where I was like, oh, shit. Like, 
And then, yeah, connected with Killer Kelly. And uh, at that point, we came out with Manami Toyota shirts. And Killer Kelly was wearing a Manami Toyota shirt. And she was hanging out with us. And, like, this was somebody that I had watched in the Mae Young Classics. And it was just so, like, surreal to have these people that I look up to um, and that I'm huge fans of to, like, recognize us through Church of Joshi and to recognize us, you know, it's so easy to work with Kayla. She's my best friend in the whole entire world. And it was so easy to, you know, bond over this new thing that we love and discovered. And the fact that other people kind of joined along and other people learned with us and to just meet so many different fans and people saying like Joshi blessed to us. It was just like wild that people knew like the lingo and the inside jokes that we would have. It was it was wild. Um, and then I just like, I continue to feel that. And it wasn't until that weekend where I was like, Oh, okay. This is real. <laughs> like, okay, this is wild. And, and because that was, I think that was my first show. I think that was my first wrestling show, uh, since lockdown. So, mm. That on top, like going to like, that was the first wrestling show that I'd want to. And then it was a wrestling weekend. So there's already, like we were mentioning before, there's already like anxiety going into that and like meeting so many different faces, but it was very overwhelming to get the attention that we were getting that weekend. And then obviously we had the opportunity to like enjoy the show all out and all the, the other indie shows, but it was, that was the weekend that I met uh Tempest from Wrestle Talk for the first time. That was the first weekend I met like Denise and Sean Rossap. And there were so many different people that I'd met for the first time that now I consider good friends. But it's that that weekend was a whole like clusterfuck of just like <laughs> like oh my God. Like it was it was a little bit of like a, a culture shock honestly to step into that weekend and um just again just having people wanting to buy like stickers from us or pins like I remember saying to Kayla I was like at one point I was like listen we could just give these away we don't really need to sell them and then people were like no here you go what's your Venmo what's your this and I'm like this is weird I don't know what I don't know how to feel about this there's too much there's too much happening right now um but yeah it's just wild and I still can't believe it and it and then we sponsored um the prestige show that's wild like we sponsored the prestige show so we sponsored uh maki ito and miyamasha's match and our logo was right there in the back that was an iconic moment like that's a moment that i'm very very proud of because the money that we got to sponsor them was money that we raised with our community with our congregation so that again was a very rewarding feeling and to to know that like people were like behind us to not like we wanted to support these wrestlers but the, for them to like support us to support these wrestlers and supporting like gato move as well and having our logo on like the board of choco pro right next to like aw was like what the frick is going on <laughs> what is real life right now um but yeah and then i it I think it all snowball, snowballed and really hit me in the heart 
at the TJPW show at WrestleMania. And uh, the show has started and I forget who was coming out. I think they, they were coming out to do their little like, you know, musical number that they do before the shows. And I was sobbing. And I was sobbing and I was like recording, trying to like record for the vlog. And I just couldn't contain myself because that was the moment where it just, it was all full circle. Um, because in 2020 for that WrestleMania, Kayla and I were supposed to go together. And I think there was a TJPW show that was scheduled or a stardom show, whatever it was, but uh, we really wanted to go to that. So then to finally be able to go to it and again, being in a, completely different state because all out 2021 was in Chicago. So that was wild to me that people in Chicago were coming up to us and saying hi. And then people in California this year were coming up to us and saying like, that was just a mind, an absolute mind fuck. But um, yeah, just in that moment, just like holding hands with Kayla and like being there together and experiencing our first full TJPW show. It's not just talent that are coming in for, you know, just an indie spot or whatever, like it was the entire show was very rewarding. Um, and yeah, those were the times where it really just like felt that we were doing something very positive and good in this space. Um, and that's all I want to do. Honestly, I just want to mm. be positive. I want to be good. And I would just want to be a silly little goose with my best friend. So <laughs> it almost <laughs> feels like it, it spawned from a, a space of wanting to like uh, from a, from like a, a space of community in a way and it's kind mm -hmm. of just evolved more and more into that with you know people knowing the lingo and people recognizing various different things from from the from the series and that sort of thing i don't know it's just really it's really heartwarming to to hear like how that has all come full circle for you and you know i can i can totally understand like having those like moments of like emotion just overwhelming you in that way because I, I think I felt that way um when I went to Paris's bumping um mm. because like those I maintain like I've been to Big Gay Brunch in which is a outstanding electric party atmosphere all its own I can't think of a single like more queer affirming space that I've ever been in in wrestling than at the first the 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 two Paris's bumping shows that were in in Jersey, um, mm. and Did I know the 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 two years the first yeah. year and the second year okay. yeah I went yeah I went yeah. both years, um I made the cross country trek for that because it was just too special to miss, um yeah. and I know one of those years you were a judge on the panel if I'm not mistaken Indeed I was oh yes I was. <laughs> I'm I'm just curious to ask about like that experience for you, like knowing that like part of this, part of this journey in, in wrestling media has also kind of coincided with you, with with your own personal journey and like kind of better understanding who you are and your queerness and that sort of thing. Like, what was it like for you to kind of be in not just in that space, but have you know Billy like reach out and be like, hey, do you want to be part of this? That gets me emotional sometimes too because um like I had mentioned before I didn't come out as bisexual or I didn't really like discover I was really like bisexual until the last or the first year or the year before I started Queen of the Ring um and 
I'm fully out now, but for a while, like those first two years, I wasn't really like in my personal life, I wasn't really um, out. And again, it was one of those feelings entering that space and being a part of that show um, where I felt connected to a community in the way that I did with church, with church of Joshi, honestly, um, I remember I went I went to the first year and it was such a completely different atmosphere than I have experienced in in wrestling. I would say the closest feeling going to the first two Paris of bumping shows, Paris's bumping shows, I would say the closest feeling to that in wrestling was going to Evolution in 2018 where mm. it it really felt like the entire room was there because of the thing that we love the most, which is wrestling, but to feel seen and to feel that it was a safe space and to feel loved in that space, like, um, like spiritually feel loved in that space was something that like, I, again, I don't think I ever experienced, uh, since like evolution and, Effie's Big Gate Brunches are a lot of fun, but there's just something different about Paris's bumping, you know, having that kind of lighting and it just feels a little bit more intimate. It feels a little bit more vulnerable. Um, and yeah, when Billy asked me to be a part of that show, I was like, oh yeah, obviously. I, I would love to be a part of this show, you know, but then to be in that room and to be on stage in the panel like it was I was so silly I was <laughs> I was having so much fun with it just throwing up 20s and 19s and whatever 69s I think I did it one time like I I watched back on that show and the commentary was really funny about it too but <laughs> like I just I just I was so comfortable you know like I that's not you know an atmosphere where it's like again I have to be professional and poised and this and that it's like no I'm gonna you know, just have fun with it. Um, but yeah, that was very rewarding. And I, I, I think that experience, like the second time being on the panel, I felt like a, I've always felt like a proud content creator, but at that point, like I felt like a proud, like queer content creator. Like I felt mm -hmm. in a way I was accepted of being queer in this wrestling space more than I do in my personal life um and it was like such a huge party too like i've oh yeah i've been to so many like you know queer spaces queer clubs in new york city there was nothing compared to <laughs> <laughs> i can agree with that like <laughs> <laughs> um i guess just a follow-up on on some of that like you know you mentioned about like that being in that space at that moment kind of like affirming you as like a, a queer wrestling creator and that sort of thing is that something that you like have like historically struggled with in terms of like feeling out where you belong or are accepted in in the space in a way a little bit yeah it's definitely something i still struggle with but it's that ties into uh going to therapy <laughs> yep 
<laughs> that ties into go to therapy. Uh, so, but yeah, I, in a, in a way, um, I do feel a little lost in a, in a community aspect like that in, um, in this space. I think that I've made a good amount of friends in this space um, that affirm my valuation or my validation of being queer. Um, that's definitely happened with my friendship with uh, Lauren Moran and Kayla. Um, but yeah, it, in this space, sometimes, you know, I, I'm still trying i feel like sometimes in this space just in general i'm still trying to fit in um i exist in my own little corner and i like it and it's comfortable <laughs> um but yeah there's times where i do feel like i'm i'm still a little lost in that and in my identity but uh yeah again therapy's helping a lot with that <laughs> <laughs> well I'm, I'm glad to hear that for sure i think i think we could all we could all use therapy, honestly. Oh um, my God, if, you're, yeah. if you're not going to it, you should look into it for sure. There's, uh, I will say, there's, there's some free programs. It's kind of hard to, to you know, find a good therapist. It's yeah, taken a lot. Uh, I had some horrible therapists in the past, and and that kind of ruins your trust, you know, with that that kind of help and i can see why i i definitely know why i mean i didn't go back to therapy for a while because those experiences um was not very well for me uh but yeah to go yeah. back to therapy and now find like a good therapist it's hard but it definitely happens and i'm someone that <sighs> i'm horrible at asking for help uh in any capacity even if it's just like helping with content creating you know i'm just really bad at it um and when yeah uh but yeah everybody should go to therapy for sure <laughs> <laughs> no and I, I definitely recognize the the struggles there too like it, it's a process but when, once you get to that that sweet spot of the process like it it can definitely help a lot and mm -hmm. always something that i advise people to, to look into for themselves and that sort of thing so yeah oh. and even like even just like journaling you know like it sounds mm -hmm. it sounds very cheesy I know trust me oh honey I know it sounds cheesy as hell but like those little prompts on Instagram where it's like six ways for self-care and it's like journaling waking up in the morning drinking water going out for a walk it's like yeah 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 whatever but then you do it and I'm like I've unlocked a new a new chapter in my life. I've unlocked a new realm in me. Uh, but yeah, and that's even hard too to deal with that um, in this space, in this space where it's like, sometimes you feel like you have to walk on eggshells with your opinions on Twitter, with mm -hmm. your opinions on a podcast, on, you, on your own content that you create, you know? And um, I've experienced some things online that have like really messed me up. And it's just, it's just a social thing that it messed me up. You know, it's hard to have a huge platform and discover yourself. And, you know, I'm, I'm 32 at this point. Um, and, you know, I'm entering my thirties of like finding out who I am, you know, and finding out who I am in this space and then who queen of the ring is 
and then discovering who I am in, you know, my bisexuality and then reconnecting with my ethnicity. Like there's a lot of reconnecting and doing a lot of puzzle pieces. <laughs> I feel like Charlie Day with that one board, you know, like, on, oh, yes, uh, it's always sunny. I feel like Pepe that was like all my identity and then like Alex <laughs> in the middle. Um, but it's also hard to do that when you are in this space and you have to put on, you know, you have to put on a show, you have to put on yourself onto 11 and some days like I'll turn on that camera and I will get on Twitch and I'm like, you know, I do not like looking at myself right now. And I never want to leave that bed, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that happens. And I think I like to be vulnerable about that because um, I, I remember I made a video my first year uh, of Queen of the Ring. I made this video called like wrestling cures my mental, my mental health or my depression. And it, it was something that I just like, I just made and I just was not in a good headspace. I was dealing with so many, so many issues, but like, it was something that I made and I uploaded it and a lot of, it spoke to a lot of people and one person I was shocked who reached out to me about this was uh, Joe Gacy, because mm. when Joe Gacy was, you know, before he was signed to WWE, I used to see him a lot wrestling in New York. And he, I put up that video and he DM'd me and he was like, you know, this is very inspiring. Like, you know, I'm glad that you put out this video. And I think that you're going to help out a lot of people by putting out this video. And he gave me a lot of encouraging words and that's, that was wild for me to like, you know, have someone like him DM me and say like, you know, keep, you know, keep your head up and you know, you're, you're really helping a lot of people with that. And I definitely did feel that. And I, and that's why I choose to be, vulnerable about it like I'll I'll speak about my mental health as much as I want to but I think it is a necessary point of conversation to have in this space especially you know like um we see how wrestling um can be to a lot of you know wrestlers I mean we've seen all the dark side of the rings you know and I yeah. think that a lot of that does tie into mental health and mental illness and so I don't want to say I'm a huge advocate or like I'm the number one advocate in terms of mental health in the wrestling realm but I am going to keep it real and just be like listen there are some weeks where I will work a whole week and I will make a video and I'll do twitch and I'll you know be on somebody's podcast and then there's other weeks where I don't even want to leave my bed and it's not in terms of a lazy thing it's just in terms of a depression thing, you know, like I've had those, those days where it's hard for me to even get up and brush my teeth. And that is very real. And especially with the last few years and what we're currently dealing with in the world, like, you know, there's a world outside of this wrestling bubble and it affects all of us. And I, I like to be, I like to speak about that because again, it's something that I don't hear a lot within content creators i know that there are content creators outside of the wrestling space like on twitch like just regular streamers uh that speak about that and i gravitate towards those those creators because i feel seen in that and i feel heard and i feel a little validated with the with the stuff that i have to deal with um 
And so if I can be that source in this world and still be a silly little goose, then I would love to be that. I think the theme of this whole podcast, my episode, is I'm a silly little goose. Yes. <laughs> we talk <laughs> we talk about serious topics and it always comes back to, I'm just a silly little goose. I'm just a silly little goose. That's how, I, <laughs> that's how I'm going to introduce myself in the next press, press conference. Hi, Queen of the Ring here, a silly little goose. Anyway, can yep. I ask you about this and that? <laughs> super professional i dig yeah. it yeah <laughs> i'm not a journalist i'm not a journalist i'm a silly little goose there you go <laughs> <laughs> and that's hiding up everything we just talked about but yeah i i, I uh <laughs> but yeah i i like to be somewhat of a voice for that and i do have people you know reach out to me and even in person of like that was such a good video thank you for speaking about this and it, it makes me feel good it makes me feel proud of my stance and where i'm at with my platform yeah no i i i think we we share the same mindset there like it's it's obviously you know sharing space with these communities through a screen and that sort of thing it's it's a different relationship dynamic but at the same time like showing that bit of like realness of yourself and being able to have those kind of conversations and create space to have those kind of conversations, I think is important, especially considering how much the conversation around mental health within the wrestling space has elevated in recent years, you know, and mm -hmm. people being much more open about their struggles and much more open about like seeking treatment and kind of normalizing a lot of those things and destigmatizing those conversations a lot. It's important for that sort of um, for those sort of conversations to to be had. I feel like you know I, I always go back to um, something that DJ Accident Report wrote um, in a column of years ago at this point, like talking about like pro wrestling, like pro wrestling is a art form based on pain in a way, mm -hmm. you know, and if you're not able to recognize the 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 facilities to manage that it can just run away from you and that translates not just to the physical pain but also the the mental anguish that that can come from that at times and i think it's been so prevalent in in pro wrestling but because of like toxic masculinity and other cultural um impacts like those conversations have not been able to be held and I think creating more space for those things is it's vital for the survivability of, of mm -hmm. these spaces in my mind. Yeah, I would agree with you. And especially with, uh, I think in this community, that kind of mental health and kind of, you know, normalizing that conversation, I think there's a light there, but I don't, sometimes I think I don't think there's like a lot of resources or a lot of like up well just like a lot of resources in terms of that like again I think that it is uh that kind of conversation that kind of conversation is seen but it's not heard sometimes again like going back to like the dark side of the ring episodes that we've that we know like there was iron claw that just came out and that's just like so yeah. much male toxic you know toxic masculinity and that um but that's just like the nature of the beast sometimes you know that's something that's been happening before 
I was born, you know, in wrestling, but I, that is absolutely correct where I think any art form is rooted in pain. You know, I think any, any kind of art that you do, like there's, I always think back to like Robin Williams, right? Like he's gone through so much uh pain but has always put a smile on his face to do it and i think that is relevant in wrestling where you know you'll see someone working a show and they did they probably had one of the best matches on the card and they're at the meet and greet tables and they'll always have a smile on their face they'll always say hi to a fan they'll like be there to the very end to the last fan like and then you know they get back in their cars and they go back to their own lives and their own reality and it's i think it is a good spot in this community to have those conversations uh and even just sometimes with like content creating again like there are days where i'm here and i'm like ha 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 you know put a big old smile on my face i make other people laugh like in my twitch community in my streams and then i turn off the camera and i'm like okay time to take off my makeup so i can cry myself to sleep at night and it's and it's you know not trying to be funny but sometimes that's the case yeah you know um, i laugh because i know it's true like it's <laughs> absolutely true listen bad bitches need to cry themselves to sleep at night okay <laughs> <laughs> oh god true words true words <laughs> i swear no but I'm I'm glad that, you know, it's becoming more and more apt to have those conversations, even if it's just the, like the two of us here and then going out into communities and that sort of thing. It just anything to, to more normalize these kinds of conversations is always welcome. So for sure, um, as we start to wind down here a little bit, Alex, don't want to um, I like to end on on up notes on and on fun ones here, which honestly, I don't know, normalizing talking about mental health. That's definitely not a downer, but. Um, but I, I did want to ask you uh, about, because I just like in the time between like reaching out to you to be on the show and, and recording here, like I watched your, your best gear of 2023 video. And, um, obviously at the tail end of that, like you go into this like very like heartfelt, um, like con a conversation about Zelina Vega and about like mm -hmm. the, like seeing the the Puerto Rican flag and Puerto Rican culture really represented through her gear and through a lot of moments really on that backlash show from from this past year. Um, how important do you feel like it is through like channeling these sort of things through the pro wrestling space, right? Because like, especially with American wrestling, so much can be focused on just like straight white cis male stuff, mm -hmm. right? We're not really looking outside of cultures or like in the past whenever WWE or, or you know, companies of that ilk have gone to like these sort of places outside of like the continental 48 and have done shows. They haven't really like fed into the culture of those areas, you know, like look at like what happened like uh, New Year's Revolution when they went, the, I think the last time they went to Puerto Rico before that backlash show, mm -hmm. like it was a completely different aspect in terms of like representation of the culture and that sort of thing. I mean, they had almost everything short of like Calle Trece coming out uh, for for the show earlier this year. Um, 
do you feel like we're kind of at a reflection point for pro wrestling really not just at the independent level, but at like the major like televised level, recognizing the benefit of highlighting, you know, underrepresented communities in the in that way. I think we've, I mean, we definitely have come a long way in in professional <laughs> wrestling history uh, with that. Uh, but yeah, that moment at Backlash. Uh, it makes me very proud. Like it makes me very proud that, you know, some family members or some friends that are also Puerto Rican that maybe not know that much about wrestling. And like, they know about bad bunny and they're like, what's this, what's this going on here? What's going on here? And I'm like, watch the whole show. You have to watch the whole show. <laughs> um, and that's the thing is that like, you know, I'll show people that show or I'll show that one match or the one moment you know the match with bad bunny and damian priest or the one moment with zelina vega um and to see like the sparkle in their eyes when they're watching it and that's that's the feeling that i think everyone should feel in wrestling like i think we all say wrestling is for everyone for a reason and especially now more than ever where there's so much representation in professional wrestling in so many different communities and for a very long time wrestling was the mecca of you know cis white men that are huge and very muscular and we've seen the um evolution and the revolution honestly of where wrestling is now uh, to have shows like uh, Backlash in Puerto Rico, to have, you know, uh, For the Culture in with GCW and even like Wally Mania, like to have those spaces and even like Paris is Bumping and uh, Effie's Big Gay Brunch. Like there, there are these spaces within spaces, right? Where um, in... In, in, in the wrestling world to be in a year where we can continue to have these safe spaces within our community and it is bonded over our passion and our love for professional wrestling, I think we've come a long way and I think it is so necessary to continue to have those. And it's impressive to see companies like that uh, as large as WWE to try to reach that ground and you know we could be a little honest some of it is geared towards money and everything like that you know oh like, yeah there's always there's always a financial <laughs> play involved yeah you know it's it's the corporate pride month kind of thing you know mm -hmm. sometimes where it's like oh uh you know we're the tax breaks let's from tourism like boards it, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. let's make our logo a rainbow and we're you know gay rights and all this stuff but then you know they back out the next year or whatever like it's it's very obvious but in those moments to have that and you know even if it's little moments like that like even like at um at evolution you know like to have those events where people are seeing themselves to have events again like for the culture at gcw where that's a little bit more of an accessible show for uh 
for so many people during those huge wrestling weekends and to go to those spaces and to see someone that looks like you in the ring um, is something that you, there's nothing that compares to that, you know, there's nothing that compares to it. And when I saw Selena Vega in that ring being embraced by the Puerto Rican crowd, like I said it in the video in the top 10 gears video where <clears throat> I am born and raised in New York and I sometimes I a lot of the time I always have my ethnicity erased right a lot of people I mean I am white but I have my ethnicity erased most of the time and I definitely check that privilege because I do know that there are you know Afro-Latinos that get it much more worse than me i you know like they have to deal with racism and on top of that their ethnicity erased um and i definitely check that i am at a privilege of of that space to just have the ethnicity erased and not deal with racism but it's absolutely not okay and i am proud to be in a realm of professional wrestling that there are, again, there are spaces that kind of kick those doors down that are fully accepting of so many different people of so many different backgrounds. Um, and within seeing Zelina Vega, again, like I did feel seen because more so just of my ethnicity being erased. And it is purely like when you're born and raised in New York and you're Puerto Rican and even Dominican or even anything else, like sometimes when you don't have that connection directly from home, from like your people, it can sometimes feel like, you know, oh, I'm not fully Puerto Rican or this and that. Like I've heard so much of that. And um, to be a part of this, you know, of this event, even just watching it at home and, you know, to experience that moment of her like holding up that flag of pride and, there's been so many years within Puerto Rican history where it was, you know, we were banned of waving that flag, you know, and mm. there, there's so much history behind the liberation of that flag. And so for her to hold it up like that and for the audience members to just take it all in. And again, like it, it felt like in the moment where she walked out with that, with that gear with that outfit it felt like a moment of pride and it felt like a moment like where the whole entire audience was like oh my gosh like one of one of us almost you know and i can only imagine like the the little girls that are wa that were watching that event and again with events like backlash uh with events like even with like wally mania um even you know people discovering so many different other promotions um within this space that are geared towards that like even enjoy wrestling to have a space like that to have a promotion like that that is you know pretty heavy within accepting uh a queer community like within these shows and within these events there's always going to be someone that kind of that sees themselves and there's always going to be someone that sees themselves and that are inspired by that and whatever it may be like it either you know this person decides to get into wrestling and become a wrestler or they decide they wanted to get into the production aspect of wrestling or even just you know a gear maker whatever it is um 
these events are so port are so so important and I feel eternally grateful to live in an era where we consistently have these events and they keep growing and we keep discovering newer talent and um and just to feel accepted and in that moment at backlash I felt a hundred percent uh represented in that event and yeah I'm very I'm very honored to again just live in this in this time in this timeline of experiencing a show like that it is it is honestly in my mind the best time to be uh involved in the wrestling space honestly mm -hmm. just because of all of that and and the advancements that we've seen and and hopefully we'll continue to see uh over the over the next few years so and I'm sure that you and I are both going to be right here along for the ride for all of those things. So it's yep, exciting to think about. Filled with anxiety and press rooms. Yo, all <laughs> the fucking time. Trust me. Trust me. Okay, final, final question. How hot is Minoru Suzuki? So freaking hot. Oh fucking my God. Smoke he show. is caliente. <laughs> he is so hot. Oh my God. He still is. Like, oh, again, I, I, there are a lot of people <laughs> that have watched <laughs> that video that I made about how hot Minoru Suzuki is. And there are so many people that texted me and they're like, I never knew. I never like saw a young photo of him, and I'm like, "You're welcome." You gotta learn your history. <laughs> You're welcome. Not even. That. I don't know. It, they they're just like I just see him so differently now. It's like, yeah, welcome to my world. When yes. I saw those photos of young Minoru Suzuki, I never looked back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well we can definitely commiserate on that, Alex, for sure. I think that's a good place <laughs> to leave things here for today. <laughs> Thank you again so much for coming on the show. Uh, let everybody know where they can uh, find your stuff online, anything you have coming up. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having, uh, having me on. Thank you for everything that you do in this queer space too. Like even down to the awards, uh, the year end awards. Again, it's lovely to, learn about new wrestlers and learn about new promotions and new content creators. I absolutely was not expecting to win that award against Effie, but thank you so much. <laughs> no, but thanks for everyone, obviously, that listened uh, and that nominated me. I, I'm i like, again, eternally, eternally grateful for that. Um, so where can you find me? Uh, you can follow me on Queen of the Ring with two Gs over on Twitter. That's where you can find me, underscore Queen of the Ring on Instagram. Um, Twitch.tv slash Queen of the Ring if you want to watch wrestling with me and Total Bellas and Total Divas. Um, we have a lot of fun with that. Uh, I can we imagine. Actually, oh, <laughs> we just watched the episode where Nikki Bella and John Cena break up. Oh, no. <laughs> It was, it was insane because it was so wild because we had been, wa we've been watching Total Divas for mm -hmm. almost two years. And it wasn't until maybe like a couple months ago where we started watching Total Bellas. So that episode where she breaks up with him, it, I felt like I was a part of the relationship. <laughs> because, because since like the beginning of Total Divas, it's will they won't they because she wants to get married and have kids and then like he doesn't and it's this roller coaster ride and then he finally like you know 
propose to her and they get engaged at WrestleMania. And then she just doesn't feel it because she wants to have kids. And then like, look at her now. But yeah, it was a wild roller coaster ride. I felt so invested in that. So if you also want to feel invested and cry over Nikki Bella and John Cena's breakup, follow me on twitch.tv slash Queen of the Ring. Uh, and <laughs> and you can uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Queen of the Ring Wrestling. That is where you can find my beautiful face. And Church of Joshi. Church of Joshi everywhere. Awesome. Awesome, Alex. Thank you again. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> My thanks once again to Alex, or should I say a silly little goose, uh, for taking the time to to come on the show and, and chat about her experiences and, and her work. Um, you should definitely be supporting her over um, on all of her socials and her platforms as well. Like, trust me, outstanding work coming from her, and it's only going to keep going uh, in the new year here. Uh, that is going to do it for us today <laughs> normally <laughs> but uh come back this weekend uh we're gonna be sitting down with rachel for our wrestle kingdom recap again and uh those shows are always fun uh not just for me and and her in terms of like you know delving into all of the various aspects of um of storytelling and and visual uh interpretation and representation that come through on a Wrestle Kingdom show with the pageantry that it has along with the stiff wrestling and whatnot. Um, but I don't know. I, I enjoy doing that show because I feel like she and I can commiserate over a lot of different things uh, within the wrestling space, not just queer, but, <laughs> but definitely queer. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Come back for that this weekend. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. Uh, again, if you want to support the show um, financially, you can do so at patreon.com slash LGBT ring pod. You can join the roster of lovelies at the $3 tier and have your name included uh, amongst the uh, the shout outs here on every episode of LGBT in the ring. You can join the, the ranks of people like Val Capone, Alex E, Jerry Legend, and Zach Walker. You can join at the $3 tier and uh, get your weekly recognition here on the show because we do love everyone that supports this show in any way, shape, or form. Of course, at the $5 tier, you get the, the bonus shows that we do over there, the Patreon-exclusive ones like Required Reading, um, which a new episode of that will be going up this month as well. haven't necessarily decided what we're going to be covering just yet, um, but... That should be worked out here in the next couple of days. And, and I'm always excited to have the chance to, to sit down with Hollis and do that show. It's just a lot of fun. Um, but yes, you can support us over there, patreon.com slash LGBT ring pod. Obviously, I know that sort of support is not always feasible for everyone. So, you know, sharing the show, word of mouth, spreading news about it, um, as, as well as, you know, rating and reviewing on your podcast uh, platform of choice. Always welcome as well. Any Anything, honestly, uh, that is done to help spread the word about LGBT in the ring um, is very, very gratifying to me. And I can't thank y'all enough for doing anything at all to continue spreading the word about, about the show as we continue on in year five. It's hard to think. Year five. Year five of this show. It's crazy. 
just wild in my mind. Anyway, not going to focus on that too much here because we have to leave. We have to get out of here so we can record the, the Wrestle Kingdom show um, and get that up for y'all later in the week and continue Journal January, continue 2024 here on the show. It's just a perfect jumping off point for a new year. So thank y'all. But until we, uh, we meet again, y'all stay messy. Wash your hands, wear your mask, get vaccinated and boosted, if at all possible. Same goes for monkeypox. And congratulations to Mariah Moreno on her engagement. Everybody's ready to die. Bye.